Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You gotta score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Gonna let that beat ride on out for a little bit. Here we go, live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Damon Cotton's on the wheels of steel. I feel like I'm in a DJ booth, right? I feel like I'm about to spit like 16 hot bars here in studio, and we're in the brand new Finley Cadillac Performance Studio after a day away. We're at the Oyo Hotel and Casino on Monday, Underground Lounge. And I'll tell you right now, Raider Nation, it got packed. It got packed to the gills inside the Oyo on Monday. It was it was fantastic in preparation for the the Super Wild Card Weekend finale when it comes to the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. And I'll tell you right now, the crowd that I was able to meet and greet with and talk with and hang out with was actually more exciting than the game. <laughs> the game wasn't so hot, but the crowd was awesome. So shout out to everyone who came out and hung out at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino every single Monday night football we were there throughout the course of the season, and that is wrapped up. That's come to a finale, so we won't be back at the Oyo until, well, next year, next season, but it'll be bigger and better each and every year, as it always is. Demond is over there. You look like you're having some kind of, I don't want to say technical difficulties, but it looked like you're over there trying to treat your new equipment over there with, like, kid gloves. And, and me and Demond, nobody can see yet. We haven't got cameras installed in the studio we feel like we're about a football field away from each other. I'm all at one end of the the ozone layer, and you're at the other end. <laughs> you are, like, way over there, brother. Yeah, it's it's so much distance, and also all the people behind the scenes where I'm so used to doing stuff on the old board. Hey, just press that button, and that's this. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's not that anymore. <laughs> It's like, oh, okay, got to get used to new things. Even when I walked in today, I looked at I looked by the old studio because now we're down the hall. Yeah. I, I turned, I looked to my left, and I said, you know, you don't, you're not going in there anymore. No, no, you're not. You know, it is so funny. I went in there and checked out some things a little earlier and realized that we have upgraded. And the cool thing is now we're right next to Sylvia's office. And every once in a while, Sylvia makes an appearance on the show. So instead of now having to run around the building and look for her, now we can just bang on the wall. I can literally, Sylvia! You know, like we could yell now. And hopefully I didn't knock anything off that wall. Like I knocked something off the other wall when I started banging on it. So we're going to try to stay in our lane. We're going to try to stay in our sandbox and not disturb too much, but you never know with us. Also, we're now closer to the J-Lo poster. <laughs> Which is always a good thing. <laughs> by the time it's all said and done, J-Lo might be in here with me in studio. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Let's make it happen. Hey, look, I'm going to be very selective. Me and JT were talking earlier, and JT uh, just wrapped up his show from noon to two here on Radio Nation Radio 920. We were talking earlier. We're going to be very selective by what goes on the wall. We're not going to just put anything. But if there's an opportunity, clearly there's space for J-Lo to be on some of these walls. I'm just saying. I can make that happen. I know a guy that knows a guy that knows where the J-Lo poster's at, which is against the wall right here. But you said some of these walls are more, more than one? I mean, there's different angles. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why are we going to stop at one? There's plenty of space and opportunity. You know, we could put 
like the Las Vegas Strip on this wall, and we could put Las, uh, J-Lo. There's J-Lo on the Las Vegas Strip. There's J-Lo at Allegiant Stadium. There's J-Lo at Fremont Street. I was just saying, like, there's opportunities. You got to get creative, Doc. You know what I was thinking about for you? What? Here's J-Lo on Enough. <laughs> I'll turn it on the TV and watch the damn movie like I ain't seen it enough times. Seen that thing a million times. But anyway, we're just happy to be here in the in the new studios and we're working everything out like we do each and every day. And by the end of the week, we'll probably have all the kinks worked out. Uh, but this is fun, man. This is really a lot of fun being in here. we got a bunch of studios, got a bunch of space. We have Lindsay in the studio as well. She's trying to learn and, and she'll chime in on the show at some point and, you know, be a part of the show. Because why not? That's what us radio folks do. We chime in on a part of the show. Coming up on the show today at 2.30, the voice of the silver and black, Jason Horowitz, he's going to join us at 2.30 just to kind of kind of put a wrap on the season, talk about what he learned about the silver and black, talk about where he thinks they are, how close he thinks they are to being where they need to be. You know, we talked on yesterday's show, uh, talked about, you know, the, the really good teams in the AFC, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals, how close he thinks the Raiders can be to be in that team. Of course, that all depends on the trigger man, whoever they decide to bring in as a quarterback. If it's a veteran, if it's a rookie, if it's Jared Stidham, whatever the case may be, is all really going to hinge on that quarterback. What I see in the AFC is you've got to have a dude. So we'll talk to Jason Horowitz coming up at 2.30. At 3 o'clock, <laughs> at 3 o'clock, oh, buddy, at 3 o'clock, I'm excited about this conversation. Brian Salmon from News 3 Las Vegas, he's going to join the show and if you tuned in yesterday, you knew that DeMond was getting involved in some new, I don't know, would you call it activities? Is that what you're doing? Some new activities you got going on? Yeah, some extracurricular activities. Some extracurricular activities, which includes sparring with Brian Salmon, who's been, well, he's been boxing and sparring for quite a while. So I said, I want to get him on the show. And little side note to that, yesterday on the show, I said, well, DeMond, what time are you going to start sparring at? So what time did you tell me? 11.30. And I said, so by the time you spar for like an hour or so, you go home, shower, clean up, da-da-da, come back to the radio station. What time will you be here? What time did you tell me yesterday? Uh, a little bit before 1. Yeah, well, you know what time DeMond got here today? Uh, uh, a little bit before 2. <laughs> so your estimation was off just a little bit. Like, like they said, just a bit outside. You were just a little bit off with your estimation. So we'll talk to Brian. But what did you tell me when you walked in? He wanted to get some in the ring, so I had to get busy. Yeah, he wanted to spar. You know, I was good just hitting the mitts, you know, watching everybody else, learning through osmosis. I'm a visual learner. You know, like I said, you know, I watch a couple of moves. I think I can do that, too, just by watching. <laughs> but, you know, Brian, he was like, yeah, you want to get in there? I'm like, oh, I'm not going to say no. I'm a competitor, Q. I'm not mad at you. I'm not, You made it to work on time. Cause it was, you it might was, not have gone home and cleaned up as you look like you still got your hoodie and everything on, but you're here. I'm, I can appreciate that. Uh, you know what? It's about being here. <laughs> also, it was right around the corner, and you know when something's right around the corner? We've done this when I went out to lunch with you a couple of yeah, times. Yeah. Where you, you put in the GPS, oh, five, six minutes? Right. Oh, that's fine. And yep. so then when you're there, you're like, it was 110, but it's only five, six minutes away. Right, exactly. No, that's what happens. I know that for a fact. Like you said, you know, we'll go grab something to eat for lunch real quick, and it's like, well, it's only going to take us a couple minutes to get back. Then all of a sudden, right before you know it, you look up, you say, yeah, well... We're almost late, so we better get to where we got to go. But DeMond made it back, and you don't have any swole eyes, so that's good. Did you get any headgear on? That's, oh, yeah, that. I had the headgear on. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I, I need to make sure that you're protected, man, like at all times. I don't want you to get, I don't want you to get too roughed up. How did you do? Before um, Brian comes on and tells us the truth, tell us some lies. How did you do? All right, well, I'm about to tweet out a video now of me hitting the mitts with Wayne. Wayne was the trainer, Wayne McCullough, okay. former you know, world champion. So, you know, he was taking it easy on me, but then me and Brian, when we got in there, those three minutes are a long time. 
I'll say that right now. Was that the longest three minutes of your life? The longest three minutes of my life. You want to know what's, what, what I'll equate it to, what you always say, talk about what you know about? Yeah. When you first do your own radio show solo. Right, And right. you're like, oh, man, I'm going to blow it out of the water. Yeah, Ooh, they yeah. done messed up. Right. Me solo. Right. Then after about five minutes, you're like, I've been talking only for five minutes? Right. How, how much, much time before we have to take a break? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what time is that commercial break? Like, people don't think that we ever want to stop. Oh, no, we do. There's times where you're looking at the clock like, man, I'm, I'm trying to get to the commercial break. I'm trying to hit, hit that thing right on the – yeah, man. So that's how it felt, huh? Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Well, we'll talk to Brian. We'll get the goods on that. Plus, you know, he covers the Raiders as well. He also – and I don't know, Lindsey, we're – here, jump on the mic real quick, Lindsey, because you have the pro- – I want to make sure I know the proper terminology. Brian was at the VGK – uh, game yesterday at T-Mobile, right? Mm-hmm. And he he cranked the – is that called a crank? I, I would say. I would call Brian a, a crank master at this point. Would you? I, I would because it was not everybody can step up to that slot and, he and looked, give her hell. And he he looked a little t- intimidated by the crank, though. Did he? I think I saw your video. I was checking yeah. out your video on Twitter. And when he cranked it, like he, he just looked – he looked really excited, which I was happy for, but then – when he did it, it was almost like I don't know, like like he, like he ran out of juice pretty quick. Well, he didn't give up right away. Like some people will get about two or three rotations, and they're like, "I'm good." People mm-hmm. are revved up. We're here for another hour and a half, but he stayed on it, and okay. I, I didn't notice until after the fact. They gave him a custom jersey and everything. Okay, he's okay. the first media member to be really bestowed with such an honor. Oh, so, and so I don't want, I don't want to hit on that then. Okay. Well, I, I would definitely hit on it because I think he's proud <laughs> of it. I think he's proud of it, and and he he did a great job. I'm super pumped for him. Okay, great dude. all right. Well, we'll talk about that. Then we'll give him a, we'll give him a positive review. Then when it comes to that, coming up at 3 o'clock, Brian Salmon, who did his thing yesterday at the VGK game. Very proud of him for that. Tyler Dragon from USA Today. He'll cover all things NFL. We'll go over Super Wild Card Weekend. We'll look ahead to the Divisional Weekend. We'll talk about some of the head coaching hires that could be potential hires that are on the way. Plus, you know, what, what he's thinking about with the Raiders. You know, how far he thinks they are from being a real deal team in the AFC. We got a lot to get to. Jason Horowitz at 2.30, Brian Salmon at 3, Tyler Dragon at 4 o'clock. In between that at 3.30, we'll bring back Cover 3 NFL news and notes of the day. We'll kind of scatter shoot around the league. We got a lot to get to on today's show. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So we already got hit up on the don'tbebroke.com text line by Sir Whiskey Ray. He said, Q&D, please put a picture of us in your new studio. We definitely appreciate it. Sincerely, Eddie Jones, Momentum, and Cheryl from Livermore. That's funny. That's funny. We can't put no pictures of Eddie Jones or Momentum or especially Cheryl from Livermore. That's still a painful subject, still a painful conversation to have. But we will tweet out a picture of us in the studio at some point so you can see how fancy these brand new studios. This is something to be really proud of. I'm really proud of the fact that we're in this this brand new studio and got all this space and all this up upscale equipment. Like we're we're good to go. Now all we gotta do on our part is deliver the goods. It ain't no good to have, you know, it's like the guy that shows up to the hoop court, like Damon, I'm sure you probably did this. Show up with like fresh J's, fresh outfit, haircut, looking all good and everything, and then all of a sudden you're like, I could tell. Those are the guys I would never pick on my team. I'd be like, oh, he's not good. Real quick, I was hanging out with a few friends from high school this past weekend, and a guy named Danny, he played a little Juco ball, you okay. know. But so the other guy, he was like, oh, I think that he could beat you. So the friend Logan, he's like, you think he could beat me? He's like, you remember that guy from high school? And I'm like, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I was like, swag man? Because <laughs> I called him swag man because this guy had the bands, the yeah, sleeves. everything. The he looked the part. Swag man is what I called him. And I was like, I, but I was just like, I don't know. I think swag man could beat you. And he's like, you think he could beat me? Right, right. You but the never, conversation. But you it was never want to lose the swag man. He said the name. 
name, and I, my first thought went to about 10 years ago. Yep. Oh, you're talking about Swag Man. Exactly. You know, you know who I'm talking about then. The guy that looks shows up to the hoop court, he looks the part. But he don't act the part. He's terrible. I, man, I used to, when I used to pick teams and I saw that dude waiting, I would pick him last because I already knew if he came out in those fresh J's, he wants to make sure he leaves in those fresh J's. <laughs> he, he ain't trying to ball like that, right? He ain't trying like I came out in my and ones or something, right? Like that's that's how it's going down. You come out in some fresh J's, most likely, unless you got a shoe deal, you you trying to go home in some fresh J's. So that ain't the guy I'm picking first on my team. So we got to make sure that we fit the part and we ain't swag, man. We got the swag here in the studio. We can't be swag, man. We got to deliver the goods as well. So I got a couple questions that I want to bring to the table. We always have a couple good topics that we like to bring and always open it up to you, Raider Nation, at 702-365-9200. And again, our don'tbebroke.com text sign, 69187, keyword r Of course, that's brought to you by the DLC. Shout out to the DLC. They got so many good things, so many good uh, sporting events going on over there. It's, it's, a, it's a great place to be. Question. How did Monday night, as I asked the question yesterday, how much will you be paying attention to Monday night's game because of the whole Brady conversation, whether you like it or not? Do you want to you know, see what maybe the guy has, the 45-year-old man has? What can he bring to the table in the game against the Cowboys? Well, we saw he threw the ball a lot. It didn't look all that hot to me. 66 pass attempts. They have no run game. I know the Tampa Bay D, uh, t- team is not very good in general, but how did Monday night impact your feelings on Brady one way or the other? Maybe it didn't impact it at all. Maybe it just kind of confirmed what you already believed. Whatever the impact was, let me know about that. And then the second part of that question, would you be okay with the Raiders being aggressive in this year's upcoming draft to go and get the quarterback of the future? And what I mean by that is they were very aggressive when they went and got Devontae Adams. They gave a first and a second round pick to go get that guy. Right now they have about 11 draft picks. So if they want to make the team go in and really address the defense, which is an issue, They want to make sure that the defense is on point. They want to be able to build up the offensive line. They could use all that draft capital as much as possible, get as much talent, young talent as possible, and build that team up and maybe rock with a guy like Jarrett Stidham. Maybe rock with, you know, whatever veteran they decide to bring in if they decide to go in that direction. Or they can have that aggressive approach and say, hey, that's the guy that we like. Like, let's go get that dude. And it's going to cost some draft capital to move up because I don't think – and this is just me. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not a draft um, you know, expert, a, a, a mock draft expert. I'm not that guy. I don't think the big three, which is Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Will Levitz, I don't think they'll be available at number seven. So if you believe that one of those three guys could be the long-term solution for the silver and black, and I'm looking for a dude. Let me just go ahead and be as blunt as possible. I want the next Raider quarterback to be a dude. I want, I want him to be that dude when he walks onto the field, you know he's there. Like when Patrick Mahomes walks in the building, you know he's there. Right? When you see Justin Herbert, you're like, that's a, that's a damn good quarterback right there. That's a guy. I mean, that's the guy that everyone's talking about, right? Oh, Herbert's the guy. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, he was, spent, he was supposed to be that guy. I want the Raiders to have one of those dudes. So it's not a conversation of, well, they got the fourth best quarterback in the division. Right? I don't, wanna, I don't want them to have that guy. I want them to have a guy that, that is believed by many to be the guy. Like, oh, man, this like everyone's already talking about Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. right? Everyone's already saying Caleb Williams is going to be the dude. Okay, I want the Raiders to go get their dude. I know that sounds selfish, but that's okay. I don't mind being selfish. It's not selfish to me, but also, as you said that, and what really stuck out to me was be- fourth best quarterback in the division. 
And I don't think that the ceiling of any of those top three guys, I don't think that it's going to reach what the top, what the other three quarterbacks in the division. I know Russell Wilson, hey, he fell off, but we know what he could be. Yeah. But those other two guys, hey, people are talking about Justin Herbert like he's the second coming, even though he hasn't proven it yet. Hasn't and we won know, a playoff game yet. Exactly. Right. But we know that Patrick Mahomes, he's the guy, and if you don't think he is, stop it, you're kidding yourself. So when it comes to, hey, you want a dude. Right. Do, are any of these three dudes to you, are they the dude? I, I know like, yesterday we said, hey, you know it when you see it. Yeah. But even Bryce Young this past season, were, I like it's Bryce so Young a lot. I just think that he's he's thin, mm-hmm. and that concerns me. I, I do like C.J. Stroud, and he was the last guy to declare, right? He didn't declare until yesterday. I like C.J. Stroud a lot. Um, I don't think he's going to be available. I've seen it early. It's January. I've seen some mocks where it has a scenario where he drops a seven. I'm not too sure about that, if that's even possible. I do like C.J. Stroud. Um, I know there's other guys, though. There's other guys that are going to drop a little bit farther, but right now, sitting where they're sitting, they're probably in, in line, really, honestly, for like the fourth or fifth best quarterback. So if you want to go get a guy that you determine as the dude, then are you okay with them being aggressive to go get him? That's the point. Like, if they see a guy up there that they really do like, is it okay to go get aggressive, or should they sit back and get the best player available, preferably on defense, <laughs> or a stud offensive lineman? I, I guess that'd be the two, the two if and or, or whatever the case is, uh, A or B. Uh, stay at seven and get the best player available on defense or the best offensive lineman. Right, they could do that as well. They have a lot of draft capital, obviously, and they're going to have plenty of cap space. So there's a lot of different things that they can do. But would you would you be okay with them being aggressive and saying, you know what? We don't mind giving up a couple picks here and there to go get a guy that we believe could be the long-term solution. Not the one- to two-year fix, but the long-term dude. Because, look, they might trade up and go get a guy, and this is just another scenario. They might go trade up and go get a guy, and he might not even play this year. He might still sit behind a veteran. He might sit behind Jarrett Stidham for all we know. We don't know. That's going to be the beauty of the next, like, I don't know, month. (laughs) You know, And, and probably more than that until we actually know Who's the, who's the guys in place? You know, people ask us all the time, well, wh- what's the plan? I'm like, thanks for asking. I don't know. <laughs> when, I, when I see it, I'll tell you because I don't know. Nobody's told me the plan. And also what we're not talking about, I think that the free agency year starts in, what's that, March 15th? Yep. Around there. So maybe they already take, depending on who they sign, because I think that they are going to bring in a free agent. We all know Tom Brady. You started off the show talking about him last night's playoff game. Is that going to affect anything on how you view him? But we'll know more about where they're leaning for the draft after what happens in free agency. And I know no one wants to hear wait and see, but that's what I'm looking for. Because if you get a Brady, even Garoppolo, because the 49ers did the same thing to him, if you bring in a guy like that, and because if they don't make a big trade for someone mm-hmm. and they bring in the stop the stopgap guy, I think you got to get a quarterback in that draft to look towards the future. Do you get him this year, or, or can you wait till next year? You know what I mean? Like, can you say, hey, we'll go with the stopgap guy, the veteran, and maybe Stidham as the backup, and then maybe we're not in love with any of these quarterbacks in this draft, and we're going to go get aggressive in the next draft, right? I mean, because honestly, in my opinion, if they don't find a – I don't want them just to get a dude. I, like I said, I want them to get the dude. That's, that's a difference. If they're only if they're not 100% sold on this next guy being that guy, I rather them just build up the hell out of the the, the team. Build up the hell out of the defense cuz the defense needs a lot of work. Make sure that offensive line is on point and then if you've got to go and ride whatever veteran you got and Jared Stidham is the backup and then all of a sudden, hey, next year uh we're, we're we see about two or three guys that we can we can go get. And then if you have to get aggressive, maybe go trade up and go get a guy. 
that's what I'm afraid of for the team. Best case scenario, that this is going to be a playoff team next year. They're aiming to be a win-now team. So if you get a draft pick that's in, let's say, the later 20s, at least in the 20s, that's not going to be as valuable as a commodity as they have now sitting at number seven to trade up. Well, you know? yeah, and, and that's, I mean, that's a good point. But, you know, when the, when the Chiefs decided to trade up and go get Patrick Mahomes, they were sitting there at where, number 24? I think they went up from 24 to 10, which is huge. Mm-hmm. That's a huge jump. That's giving up a lot of draft capital. But they went and got the guy that they identified as the guy that's going to take them into the next whatever, however many years he's going to be the dude. So that's, that's one scenario that they could look at. So that's what we want to hear from you, Raider Nation. We want to know what your thoughts are. 702-365-9200. Also, our don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. We got a text from... Let's see, is this the 806 or 906? It looks like the 806. The dude isn't in this draft, in my opinion. I'd acquire more picks for next year while building the D and the offensive line in this draft. Then next year, trade up for Drake uh, May, Drake May, the dude. Okay. So there you go. That's going back to the point. And I'm okay with that. If that's what you're okay – and if you're okay with that, if, if Raider Nation is going to be okay with that, if that's, if that's going to be satisfactory, like, okay, now you're starting to see the plan. The plan is a veteran and maybe Stidham or maybe Stidham – whatever the case is, and have someone else as his backup, and then they're going to build up the hell out of the team, and then they're going to go and try to make a move. But at some point in the next year or so, you've got to get, you've got to get a long-term solution because none of these veterans out here are good long-term solutions. Even Jimmy G. I wouldn't be sold on him. I'm not really sold on him at all because he's an injury-prone dude. I mean, he's going to be a guy who's going to, like, like Lincoln says, you can't make the club in the tub. He's going to be in the tub a lot. So I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of that move anyway, but, I mean, based off what you saw from Brady, I'm not going to base and, and, and kill him for one game because it wasn't a very successful game for him. Just like I wasn't going to over-celebrate Jimmy G's one game that he had successful against the 49ers. I wasn't going to overreact. I know it's only a one-game a one product, but to me, there wasn't a whole lot to like about what I saw from TB12. On Monday night. I mean, if that was a, and I said it on my podcast today, if that was a job interview, I would say the job interview didn't go well. <laughs> right? We all know that, we all know what kind of goods he has, but he made some passes last night that I was like, wow, that's an amazing pass. And then he made some passes that I said, wow, what the hell was that? You know, like some simple outs behind the receiver, simple throws he missed. So that, that to me shows the signs of, okay, there's, there's, there's some, there's some breakdown. But again, I don't want to overreact to one game because he could, who knows, go into the offseason, get well rested up, get an offensive line, get a defense, and play with another team and be lights out. He also threw the ball 66 times. That's what I'm saying. I tried to bury him in 2019. What was that? The Titans? Wasn't the Titans the last time he played against the Patriots and he looked terrible? And I was like, oh, he's dead. I buried him in 2019. It's now 2023. He's still playing. So just because I've tried to bury him about five times, which I literally have, doesn't mean that he's not going to be good, but I'll tell you what I saw last night wasn't very impressive. But Raider Nation, like I said, want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Who we got up first? Hardcore Raider. Hardcore, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, first of all, about Brady in that game last night, I mean, the Tampa Bay offensive line was terrible. I mean, you know, I don't think we can base it off of just one game, you know. And, We're not. Uh, Tom no. Brady said – yeah, go ahead. We're not we're not basing it off one game. Like I said, not overreacting to one game. Yeah, yeah. No, I I know you're not. But Tom Brady made an interesting point. He's like, you know, you can't uh you know, you can't have success when your run game isn't doing good. And I can't remember exactly how many uh uh 
uh, like running attempts they had, but it wasn't much. I think it was like, what, 10 to 15 or something like that? Yeah, it was very minimal. Very minimal. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean that's, that's part of it. So, look, uh, seven plus five, 12, 12 attempts between White and then uh, Fournette. But, like, you know, going into the draft, I think it depends on your, like, as far as the Raiders go and quarterbacks, it depends on if we're in a win-now mode or, like, you know, if we're in a full rebuild. So, like, my opinion is, is, like, what's going to be the future? Do you want, uh, like, more of a pocket Brady or do you want more of a mobile quarterback? Now, if you want more of a mobile quarterback, it's not going to make sense to maybe, in my opinion, to get somebody that's a mobile quarterback and not a pocket passer. You want to have a smooth transition if you're going to get somebody like a Brady in free agency um, to have, you know, a quarterback that you draft that's going to have a similar skill set, you know, as opposed to, you know, like you're, you got Brady, but you're going to draft a Lamar Jackson. So I think all of that is like extremely important, you know, and it depends on what Brady's going to want, you know. I mean, I think 20, 25 mil would be a good deal, but I don't know if Brady would be willing to accept that, you know. Anything, if I was the Raiders, anything more than like 25 mil, like I would not be willing to take that on not at that age and not at that kind of risk you know now if you get a Brady then yeah maybe a Will Will uh, Levis would be like a good transitional quarterback or possibly you know Hendon Hooker who's a little older you know he had that injury or whatever yeah but, he'd have um, to sit for a minute you know, if you, if, yeah if you want to go mobile then maybe you stick with a Jared Stidham and you get Anthony Richardson I do believe Anthony Richardson has the most upside potential doesn't mean it's going to work out but he's got probably the most upside potential all right, good stuff. Thank you. I appreciate the call, my man. He threw out some names out there. And, yeah, Hendon Hooker from Tennessee is a, is a quality player. He could have probably won the, the Heisman Trophy, but he tore that ACL. So he'd have to sit for a while, which is fine, because you could be expecting to sit a guy for a while. So if that's a guy that you're looking at, uh, if Anthony Richardson, he kind of screams – uh, you know, boom or bust to me. I don't know. I'm 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 a little on the fence with Anthony Richardson. I think he's got a ton of athleticism. I think he could be really good, but I also think he could be a bust. And if that's the case, the Raiders can't get this wrong. Let's put it like this. They can't afford as an organization to get this wrong. Whoever they decide is going to be the guy, they've got to get it right. If they go and pick and invest, especially if they get aggressive and invest in a guy and he's not the right guy, it's going to set them back farther than they already are. Real quick about Anthony Richardson. You know when the wrong person talks glowingly about someone? Mm-hmm. It was Tim Tebow. I don't know if he was paraphrasing <laughs> what someone else said or these were his actual thoughts, but it came out of his mouth. He's a combination of me and Cam Newton. And then I said, no, he can't be that good. <laughs> so I'm already, like, when you said boomer bust, yeah. I'm already leaning towards the he can't be that good because I was I was listening to one podcast or TV show, and Tim Tebow says he's a combination between me and Cam Newton. Right. So I'm already looking at Anthony Richardson like, he can't be that good. Anthony Richardson's like, no, why did you put your own self? Why did, don't, <laughs> don't put me in the same conversation So it's either you. he's Cam Newton right. or Tim Tebow. Right, right. There's a big difference. There's an absolute big difference. 702-365-9200. Let's get one more in. Who we got up? Robert in Portland. Robert, welcome to the show. Hey, Q. Uh, I agree with you. They got to use their brains here. This, they can't screw this one up. But yep. they got the suit. You know, Mark Davis has got a Super Bowl coming. You know, next year. Mm-hmm. So I think if he can't get Brady to come, and and you know, and obviously Rogers is going to cost too much, then you got to think about your you know your your proposal. I think that the problem is Young is too short. He's good, but I think he's injury prone. I think Stroud. Is a combination of a lot of guys, and Ohio State quarterbacks sometimes don't make it in the pros. My my question to you is, um, do you think Richardson and Levis are, are even worth chasing? I mean, they're good. Right. I think you're better off. 
Uh, and I don't want to trade up because I think you're going to have to give up too much to get, you know, like a guy like Carter who's a sure thing, like you said. Don't make a mistake. You take a guy like Carter or Anderson, you're not going to make a mistake. You know, it's like when we didn't get Allen yeah. from Kentucky and we, we chose Pharrell. I, you can't screw this one up. So, hey, and one other thing, um, to I did tell you that the Dallas was going to go into uh, Santa Clara and knock off uh, the 49ers uh, almost six weeks ago. Yeah. I told you that's going to happen. Yep. So you just you just watch on Sunday and then something. All right. Well, hey, th- thank you for the call, Rob. And you know what? Maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, but I've been on multiple radio shows today already, and I've, I've said the same thing. I was like, man, something about what Dallas did. I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, but I kind of feel like that they're going to go to Santa Clara. They're going to go to Great America, and they're going to uh, they're gonna have their way with the 49ers, and Brock Purdy's actually going to have a Brock Purdy-type game instead of, you know, the, the hero ball that he's been playing. Uh, I feel like he's going to come down to earth at some point. So I'm kind of with you, man. Maybe you convinced me. Maybe it was you. I can blame it on you if I get it wrong. I'd be like, Rob told me. It was Rob's fault. No, but thank you for the call, my man. And that's the thing, man. Got to get this one right. The Raiders have to get this one right. 229 is the time. Jason Horowitz, Raiders play-by-play voice. He'll join us next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers. Home of the Chevy Silverado. The strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 2.33 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Demond Cotton behind the wheels of steel. Your boy Q here. Jason Horowitz, the voice of the silver and black, joins us on the phone lines. And apparently he's off-season, Jason. What, so what does off-season, Jason, what, is that, what does that mean? Well, I mean, technically, during the week, it wouldn't be very drastically different either. Off-season Jason and midweek Jason are similar, right? I live 2,800 miles away from Las Vegas. But, but at the moment, we got mommy and daddy cooking mommy and daddy food and, and mommy and daddy cooking pancakes for the kids because uh, they decided they want breakfast for dinner. Nice. So that's off-season Jason. What's, what's off-season Q? There is no off season. <laughs> Q gets no off season, which is just how I'd have it. But I'm glad you brought up cooking. This came up on the show yesterday. Damon, and, no, no, and no, you no, know no, Damon no. very well. He went to the yeah. dollar store and bought a steak. Oh no! Yeah, exactly. No. That's what I told him. I said, Jason, so, like, he can never have a, 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 a lady friend if he buys dollar steaks. No. Well, aside from that, like I'm not. Listen, you, you've met my wife. Mm-hmm. And 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 we have a wonderful relationship. But one of the things that she would like me to do a lot better, not even a lot better, just to like have effort in, is have like two or three meals that are mine, that are go-tos. That like, hey, she's having a long day at work. Can you make the meal? Oh, she's talking to me right now. She said even one. You don't even need to. <laughs> <just one." laughs> and uh, and uh, and uh, and I don't. I I I am. What's crazy about what we do for a living is that it's all off the cuff, right? Like, it's nothing that can be pressed. Right. Uh, it's all in front of you. You have to be descriptive. It's, it's nothing you can plan for. And that's part of what we love about calling games. And for some reason, when it comes to food making or preparation, I need, like, full-on step-by-step process. Here's A, here's B, here's C. You take this, you take that. I, like, I, I get overwhelmed by the thought of what a, a meal should look like. <laughs> and so I'm not great at that. That's not that. But I can tell you this: 
you do not buy one dollar steak. <laughs> you can't do it. First off, that I can tell you. Let me explain myself, Jason. It was three dollars. And I only did it. <laughs> I only did it because we were joking about it in a group chat. And it was like, wouldn't this be funny? So, you know, obviously you got to take the group chat to real life. So I recorded myself cooking the steak, eating the steak. It wasn't good. But today, <laughs> today, like, you know, I had a healthy like, meal. You didn't feel, and you didn't feel sick afterwards? Now you season it right. Anything can taste good, you know? Yeah, 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 but tasting good and killing yourself with meat that was prepared seven years ago is a different story. Exactly. Exactly right. Look, Jason, me and you are on the same page. I tried to teach the young man. I'm trying to I'm trying to give him some, some good, some good never advice again. here. Yeah, there you go. Good advice okay. here. Jason Horowitz I is our guest. I would not buy sushi at the dollar store. That is also – now, uh, some people say sushi at the grocery store is good. Well, I wouldn't buy sushi at the dollar store. No, 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 not at all. And uh, stay away from that, DeMond. Don't even think about it. Like, don't even put that, don't even plant that seed into this man's Sorry. head because he might go do it. Jason Horowitz is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. So, Jason, now that you've had a little bit of time to kind of decompress, not a whole lot, but a little bit from the 2022 season and your first season calling the Raiders, what was, like, your biggest takeaway from the season and what you learned about the Silver and Black? Well, I mean, they're two different things, right? It's my, it was my first season – with a team, really. I, I, when I was 24, I had done some work with the New York Liberty when I was working at MSG, the local TV station in New York. And uh, so, you know, that was kind of a similar thing. But I didn't do every game. Um, not even that, for that matter. Not every game was televised. So it was different. Um, so, so just being integral part of every single play, knowing what happened for a team and being able to reference it in week 16 and something that happened in week 6, um, or I guess we were on a bye, week five, in the third quarter on a second down, is it's kind of cool because, like, fans think that way. Mm-hmm. You know, when something happens in a game, fans remember that. Um, and, you know, when you're jumping in and out of games on a national network, you know, you you probably haven't seen – you definitely haven't seen every play. Right. And you probably haven't seen every game. Uh, and, and at best, you know, depending on what sport you're doing, you may not even have seen a quarter of the game. So – so that part of it from a job perspective was, was really awesome, um, working with Link. And then, Q, I mean, we talked about this. Obviously, nobody wanted a 6-11 and 11 season. But just from an entertainment standpoint, from a, oh, my God, every game comes down to the wire standpoint, he tied the record, right? <laughs> 13 one-score games in a record-setting season for right. how many games were, were decided by, by one score is incredible. And then that's one thing. But then to have the three – Oh, uh, well, four overtime games, two back-to-back winning walk-offs, the game that happened against Arizona, and then, you know, whatever we're going to name Chandler Jones, that, like that's never going to happen again. Right. So it was, it was a remarkable five months from, you know, getting the call from my boss, Brad Finney, and, and you know, getting hired by Mark Davis to the point of finishing the season against the Chiefs on Saturday in Week 18. It really was a wild ride, and – I've never in my entire life looked forward to uh, the schedule release. Mm. I mean that in all seriousness. I've yeah. never understood why people care about it. Right. Dude, I can't wait till May, whatever the date <laughs> is, to find out what cities we're going to what month. Right. Wait. I'm with you. Open for London or Munich. Oh, there you go. Hey, if you're going to aim, aim high. <laughs> That's right. There you Maybe go. Do you think they'd send the Raiders to the first ever NFL Paris? I don't know. 
You never know. You know what? I do think, Jason, this is just my gut feeling. I do think the Raiders will be playing on Black Friday this upcoming year. I do feel that. Oh, I forgot about that. Yep. I forgot that there's a Black Friday game this year. It yeah, only it makes sense, right? I mean, Black Friday, yeah. Silver and Black, Allegiant Stadium, it all goes together. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to write that that narrative. No, it doesn't. And you know, I listen, I, I, I understand why the NFL wants to have every single spot that it could possibly have. I do think that playing Monday night football uh, for the Cowboys, who then have to go play the 49ers on Sunday in a playoff game when it's, you know, lose or go home. Right. And then the Niners had two extra days rest. I don't love that. That's not great. No, it's not. It'll make them tougher. <laughs> Just put some dirt yeah. on it. You'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Hey, they got, they got a big victory, so they're feeling good about themselves anyway. They got a big victory on Monday Night Football. So, Jason, with, with, with knowing everything you know right now about the Raiders' offense, obviously they've whoever's going to be the trigger man, we have no idea. But knowing the weapons that this team has – just from that yeah. standpoint, how close do you think they are to the, the other teams in the AFC? The AFC West, obviously, with the Chiefs and the Chargers, and then just like other teams like the Bengals and the Bills as far as sure. being competitive. Well, I mean, we just talked about it, right? 13 one-score games. Right. There you go. You can't, other than the Saints, which, you know, they will blow out, and and other than the, the you know, bad game in Week 18 against the Chiefs, Find me one game where you don't think they could have, or maybe in many cases should have one. So right. the answer of how close are they? They're extremely close. And whether that's different play calls down the stretch, whether that's different, um, you know, different execution, whether whatever it is, that the the answer is they're very close. Um, but you pull that back and you say, what needs to be addressed? Right. And the answer is the offensive line. You know, that was a big question going into last season. I thought they played very well, particularly in run blocking, no question, and better in pass protection than I think people thought they would. But Eric Carr and then Jared Stidham, they faced a ton of pressure the all season long. And, um, and you know, the defensive back seven, no question they have to improve there, and certainly on the front end too. So there's a lot of work to do. And, you know, with the amount of free agents this team has, cornerstones with weapons, uh, no question about that. But I think we all agree that it's going to have a very different look to it next year for the gut. Oh, yeah. Superstars are there. Crosby, Adams, hopefully Josh Jacobs, uh, they're there. The guts of the team, the middle of the team, I think we all think it's going to look very different. I agree. 100%. Again, Jason Horowitz is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 on Necessary Roughness. DeMond's got one for you. Some would say the team is only a quarterback away. So what do you think that the team is going to do when it comes to quarterback, or what would you like to see happen at quarterback next season? You know, I I think – so I'm not in the camp, and, and, and I'm cautious in this because I don't want to say A or B uh, because if then A or B happens, then it's like, oh, you said you didn't want to – like, so <laughs> Right. I, I, I would like them to think that there's someone that they believe in and that they build in for years. You know, I know there's quick fixes. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the conversation about Brady is out there in the relationship with Josh McDaniel. Uh, you know, Tom Brady, he, he's not going to play at 50. Right. I don't think. No. But, of course, everyone would have said that at 46. Right. So, uh, you know, and he was in a playoff game last night. Um, you know, I, I, I would like them to have a guy 
that we all grow together as a fan base and a mm-hmm. young player. And that doesn't have to be the top, you know, the top seven pick or trading up. It maybe it is someone that they find, you know, in the in the early part of the second round, early part of the third round, or what, trade into the end of the first round, and like, hey, that's our guy. And, you know, you whether it's Jarrett Sidham or somebody else who's the person who's the holdover to, to see how it goes. There's there's a lot to like about that as a possibility. I look, I I think. Not that Twitter's the space to figure it all out. I, I think you get the idea that some Raiders fans would love to see Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Some Raiders fans don't want any part of Tom Brady. Right. Yep. Uh, and, and, and I don't know what the plan is at all, but I think a lot of Raiders fans would get excited about a young quarterback that they hopefully think is their guy two, three, 17 years from now. Right. Agreed. 100%. Actually, that's how I started off the show, saying that the Raiders got to get it right. Whatever direction they choose to go with, whoever the long-term solution is, like you said, there's Band-Aids that you could put on it right now, but whoever the long-term solution is, they've got to get it right. And I'm saying that they got to go out and get a dude, a dude that could compete with Mahomes, a dude who can compete with Herbert, with Allen, with Burrow, you know, with those guys. Got to have their own version of that dude. So they got to really get it right. So, Jason, we'll close out with this. You mentioned Jarrett Stidham. He's also a free agent. I expect the Raiders to bring him back. I think that should be a priority. What did you see from him in the in the two game uh, small sample size that he had in 2022? Well, I mean, remember the San Francisco 49ers had the league number one scoring defense. Uh, and had 40-some sacks coming into that game. And Jared Stidham helped the offense put up 500 yards. Now, there were a couple of batted balls, and he threw the interceptions, and ultimately had them caught him in the game. But he made some plays that were, for a guy who had never started in the NFL, were phenomenal against the worst defense in the NFL. And he made them against the best defense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So I think you saw a spark there to say, hey, look, at worst, Jarrett Stidham is a capable backup in this league. Pat Kerwin was the, my, the first person I ever worked with uh, covering the NFL. He, you, you hear him on Sirius X and yeah. Radio moving the chain. Yeah. He was the former uh, director of player personnel for the Jets. He's fantastic. He's the guy in the Bo Jackson <laughs> documentary that you see with the Buccaneers and the mustache having to tell Bo to draft again. And, and and having to tell Bo to just smile, even though Bo knew he wasn't going to play for the Buccaneers. Right. But Pat always told me in a in a backup situation, you would like to have someone who's going to go 500. I I, I think you saw from Jared Sidham that he's at worst a capable backup who can win football games in this league. I like that. Um, now, what is that? What does that mean? Can is he the starter? Is it, you know I have no idea. Right. But I'd like to think that they'd like him to at least be compete for the backup starting job next year. I think that makes a lot of sense, a backup, a guy that can go at least 500, right? And I think that that's yeah. what some of these teams around the league have. So that makes that makes a lot of sense, Jason. Well, great stuff as always, man. It's great to catch up with you, and it's great to catch up with offseason, Jason, as well. Uh, clearly doing daddy duties, and, and that's good, man. Handle your business. We appreciate you, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, Q. Talk to you next week, buddy. All right, brother. There he goes. Offseason Jason Horowitz, who's uh, doing some daddy duties. He's not cooking dollar steaks. He's not doing any of that foolishness like DeMond would be doing. He's actually holding it down with the family, which I could appreciate. 2.46 at the time. We'll come back, get to some calls and some texts. 69187, keyword R&R. That's the don'tbebroke.com text line. And also 702-365-9200. This is Red Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. On Raider Nation Radio. Coming up at 3 o'clock, Brian Salmon, News 3LV, join the show. Talk about him and DeMond sparring. Saw a little video of DeMond looking like he was warming up. It looked like he might look the part. I think DeMond's good at looking the part, faking it a lot. Now, when he gets in the kitchen, he's faking it with the $3 steak that he got from the dollar store, which is another story. 
But we'll talk to Brian about the Raiders. We'll talk to him about what was going on with his little sparring activities with DeMond and a lot more. That's coming up at the top of the hour. But we do want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Also, our don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. Many thanks to the DLC. We got plenty of text messages to get to. How did Monday night impact your feelings on Brady one way or the other? It might not have changed anything. It might have made you say, yeah, you know what? He could be the dude or hell no. I don't want nothing to do with him. Let us know about that. Plus, would you be okay with the Raiders being aggressive in this year's upcoming draft, similar to what they were last year when they went and got Devontae Adams, giving up the first and the second round pick? Do you want to do that? Or do you want them just to kind of stay where they're at, build that team up? If a quarterback falls to them, great. Get them. If not, maybe get aggressive in the next draft and go get that guy. Uh, I think that they need to find a dude. We just had Jason Horowitz on. He's talking about a long-term solution. What are you thinking, Raider Nation? We want to hear from you. 69187, keyword R&R. We'll start things off with East Bay Raider Gray. He said, one thing to consider, if TB12 comes to the Raiders, is he instantly would make every player on the roster give their best, including their coaching staff. I believe that behind closed doors, he would check up Josh McDaniels and evaluate his coaching. Maybe I'm off on those, but seven rings commands respect. That's East Bay Raider Gray. And, well, I agree with that, and I think that he makes people around him better. He is that guy. Uh, I don't think there's a whole lot of checking the coaching staff he's going to do. You know what I mean? He might do a little bit of conversation with the coaching staff, but I don't know if there's any checking of the coaching staff. Uh, that's like me being like, I'm going to go on down the hallway and I'm going to check in on Natalie. Well, hell, I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to say, how you doing today? <laughs> Those glasses sure do look good. <laughs> I think they think that like Brady will have like, that familiarity with him. Right. Because they, He'll get comfortable I, with it. Hey, them. yo, Josh, what's up with these plays? What's up, dog? I didn't work. like that play call on third and 12, man. What's going on? How come you didn't get on Illuminor for that penalty he had? You know. That don't work for me. Right, right. Now, I, I do think that there's a level of, you know, they, they could have conversations back and forth because they do have that relationship. I'm obviously putting extras on it. Also, East Bay Raider Gray said, I know I'm a little late from yesterday's show, but Damon, life is precious. You need to treat it as such. Damon, a steak from the dollar store ain't treating life as precious. That ain't meat, man. Lay the money down for some real food and live to talk on the radio another day. And that's exactly how he said it. I I just channeled my inner East Bay Raider Gray. I guarantee every little voice inflection I just hit you with is how East Bay Raider Gray was speaking to you, Damon. Hey, guys, I spend money on good food. I'm, I'm not a foodie. You know, I'm not telling a chef how to cook. But I follow accounts on Instagram that are always talking about the new hotspots there in Vegas no and stuff. There ain't no Instagram account that told you to take your sorry self to the dollar store and get a steak. Yeah, that was a tweet on Twitter. So, <laughs> And but that should have been your first, oh, no, don't do it. Twitter is a cesspool. You know that. The original, it, the initial tweet, it said, let's see what these, let's see what these steaks hidden for. And I said, you know what, I'm going to try it. But when I'm out here posting, you know, like $20 ramen and stuff, nobody sees that. Let me live. Well, I'm not talking about that on air yet. Wait a minute, $20 ramen? Yeah. What ramen are you getting? You don't like ramen? No, I do, but it's never cost $20. See, your, your stuff is backwards. Get a $20 steak I and $3 ramen, steaks. right? Isn't that how it goes? Ramen is cheap. Steak is expensive. You not had, I'm not talking about top ramen, Q. Well, I didn't know you said ramen. No, I'm talking about like a good ramen restaurant. I don't know what you're talking about. I just heard ramen. Yeah, I'm not talking about top ramen. I'm talking about, you know, the real, the real well, deal. Well, when you get a $3 steak and you say ramen, the only thing I'm thinking is that you're a top ramen cat. And probably not even a cup. You literally are probably out the bag with the little shrimp uh, package. Yeah, I had them. So what? <laughs> <laughs> I had them. So what? Just saying. Got a text here from the 707. I think the Raiders almost 
have to take a quarterback in this draft because there's no guarantee they'll get another top six pick next year, especially if they bring in a veteran and he plays well. They're maybe picking in the 20s next year. So unless they just don't believe any of the top three or four guys are worth it, then obviously you take the best player available, maybe Joey Porter Jr. or Skaronski. And that kind of goes back to your point that you made that, hey, if this is a playoff team this year, they're going to be picking in the 20s and not the teens or the 10s, you know, the top 10 like they are right now at number seven. So it's like, what do you do? And like I said, if they were to be a playoff team and they felt like that they their number, their guy was a top four or five pick or whatever like that and they had to trade up a lot, I would feel more comfortable with them trading up a lot and giving up a lot of draft capital if the team was already built. Right now there's a lot of holes on the on the team that I feel like they need to fill. That's why that's why I wouldn't have a problem with them having to trade up next year as opposed to, you know, being super aggressive this year. I see what you're saying, but it's also that give and take because if the team does make the playoffs and it's, hey, they were so close in the divisional round, I think more fans would be like, well, let's just run it back with what we already have because assuming who's under center, they would have had to have had some success. So depending on who it is under center, you know, obviously if it's not Brady, I could see most fans saying, well, how about we just run it back with whoever got us to the playoffs this past season Right. But in that some, hypothetical. At some point, though, you've got to get your guy because he's not going to last forever if it's Brady, if it's – I mean, now, unless you go and do something crazy and go and get Lamar Jackson, which I, I don't think is realistic. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is realistic. I know people think that. I don't believe that. But, you know, unless you go and do something like that, and even Aaron Rodgers would only – he's only going to play, what, a couple years more, if if at all? He was on the Pat McAfee show earlier today talking about, you know, he thinks he could still be a league MVP either with Green Bay or somewhere else, so he left the door open. He's definitely leaving the door open, which is shocking to anybody. No. <laughs> it's Aaron Rodgers. So – I mean, he's only good for a couple years. Lamar Jackson, he's, he's got obviously some longevity, but it would take a boatload of capital and a boatload of money, right? You'd have to go win the uh, – did someone already win the, the bazillion dollar thing? Hope not. I think they did. Did someone already make that – Danny probably made that trip to Prim or something like that and gone and bought him a, a, a whatever that, that, that a million dollar lotto thing. I think someone already won it though. But, uh, yeah, it's going to take that kind of money. To uh, satisfy Lamar Jackson. 2.58 is the time. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number two of the show. We'll continue to take your calls and texts, but we'll also be talking to Brian Salmon from News 3LV. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.